0: Welcome back to the Inspiring Neighbors podcast, where we highlight seemingly ordinary people with extraordinary stories. This week, we had the pleasure of interviewing another Solano, Alex Solano. Uh, I'll call her the junior sister. Angela's younger sister. Very inspiring.
1: Junior in age only, (laughs) but definitely not in mindset. Yeah. yes
0: very wise probably twice as mature as both of us
1: (laughs) yeah she she was great at like uh walking us through some of her thought processes she tackles life in her own very special way that she may or may not realize is special uh and it was it was cool to hear both the the ways in which our predictions were right that some things are just some some obstacles she just doesn't think about or doesn't worry about and just goes forth. Uh but some things she does worry about and so how she manages that and and moves forward anyway was was cool to hear.
0: I agree. I I had the repeating thought as we were talking to her that it's so she's so oblivious to how how amazing her powers are.
1: She's so oblivious to how just having the determination that she does or the like faith that she does or um conviction that she has and and that part i think is the part that comes easy to her the the actual work behind what she has to do or the sacrifices she has to make it's 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 you know she she can put a lot behind that she she's not uh and she's aware of how hard she works but the but the ease with which she decides she makes decisions and she goes after things was the really interesting part there
0: and just the clarity she has Mm -hmm. chasing after something
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And when so she hasn't cool. had
1: clarity too, like that happens, <laughs> it's not it's not a all or nothing.
0: Yeah, I agree. She's very amazing. She has things in her head that people spend years studying and trying to work into their brain, but somehow she just has them set there. So it was it was a privilege to talk to her.
1: She is the funniest person I've ever met. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> She's a very funny. that's a sister. That's a sister. Subjectivity, but <laughs> I stand by it.
0: Please enjoy. Alex Solano. Let's talk to our neighbors, cause, cause everyone, everyone can inspire. The Inspiring Neighbors Podcast, light your Fire.
2: When Safi came to visit me in LA a few years ago, uh, we I took him to Venice Beach, and we were walking there, and we found a drug dealer's phone. And um, it was like it was it was an Android. It like wasn't charged. I was like, oh my god! But well, let's charge this phone and get it back to its person. And we charged and there was nothing on the phone, except a ton of contacts. <laughs> and some of them were like UCLA plug. <laughs> like,
0: oh, that's amazing. And
2: just like street names. Um, it was very funny. And we thought about selling it as like a startup business on Craigslist. And Customer list. No, we threw it over my balcony because we were like, oh my God, what if they're tracking it?
0: I was just going to say somebody should like ran the find my iPhone app. It was an Android, so I don't know if they have that. No, we They don't even have that. <laughs> yeah,
2: But still, just for safety, we threw it over the balcony.
0: Do you remember any oh. other names on the list? Um, one one was go-to. like
2: um, a guy's name and then slept with his girlfriend at party, something like that. <laughs> it was like little notes. Well, to her last was name
0: person. was slept with her girlfriend. No, it was like a guy's
2: girlfriend. name. And like the reminder of who that guy was is that they had slept with his girlfriend at the party.
0: I love it. That's a good name. Was there any like bone breaker or skull crusher or don't call this guy accidentally?
2: No, I don't think it was like, it was probably um, not so serious drugs. It was probably more like party drugs because <laughs> yeah, you know, the names are pretty like ones. unintimidating.
0: Like these are the guys who want a good time. You could have been the cause for many addicts becoming sober if you had Whoa. kept the
1: phone. Oh, You could have donated it to like... uh
0: uh, <laughs> an addict hotline <laughs> A what hotline?
1: <laughs> it's like they call you like, are you okay? okay. <laughs> do you do you need Counseling or you know, any kind of Help? They'd be like, yeah, this I need a drug
2: dealer
1: Can you help of mine? me?
2: Yeah
0: I'm glad you called, this isn't Bone Crusher's phone Anymore, but <laughs> this is Alex And I can help you
2: In a different way
0: it's, it's your lucky day Okay, uh, should we start I have Should we start a one, this thing or what?
1: Since apparently we're just telling stories now Before we start this thing Okay, okay so Trevor, I have to say I was listening uh, to the your podcast uh, Before we published it and I'm thinking about your favorite book ever The Hatchet And I had to look it up to see What does this cover even look like? And I found out it's the first of a series
2: Of like five books
0: Oh. <gasps> <laughs> And I stopped at one.
2: <laughs> you read. You, yeah, no, you didn't just like stop at one. You did one over and over and over. <laughs> you you didn't maybe. even stop.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think you're going to have to go through the rest of the series.
0: But to get the same amount out of each book, I'm going to have to read this, like, each book 17 times. Oh, my yeah. gosh. What were the other <laughs> books called? Uh, the Knife. Let's see. The Lighter. That would have been an easy one. That's a short book. The Lighter.
1: The River. So you're the re- on the right Ooh, track.
0: I've heard of I, that. Rings a bell.
1: Brian's Winter. I guess the guy's name
0: is Brian. That also rings a bell, and I may Brian's have read it.
1: Return, and Brian's Hunt.
0: Oh my God!
1: The I guess Brian's Hunt. name th- is
2: Brian. She said.
1: Bri- <laughs> 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 Brian's Hunt came out in 2003, so you know it's almost like by reading the titles
0: of those books. You know what happens, he but it's about the journey. Serve- it's he about doesn't the journey. get out of the jungle or the forest <laughs> on the first one. He instead finds a river. And then he spends a winter in this forest. Wow. And then he gets out. And then he decides to go back for some reason.
2: You're just trying to nod do the book report again. Yeah. <laughs> this is the You're same. like, I think we can assume what yeah, happened. I think
0: we can assume he catches a rabbit by carving an arrowhead out of a rock with his hatchet.
1: I guess you're at the point now where you can write your own story just go off the titles. Either way, you have to do some homework assignment out of this. I feel like you owe the book that much.
0: That's true. I always tell Laura that and I always tell her I've said it maybe 3 times in our lifetime together <laughs> that I've wanted to be like dropped off in the middle of the forest somewhere and just forced to survive. I think I could do a better job than bear girls.
2: Then what? Than bear girls. What's that? Oh man. He's a man who drinks his own pee in the Out wild. Out of
0: a snake skin.
2: You think you could do better than the guy that drinks his own pee?
0: I don't think he had to drink <laughs> his own pee, to be honest. I think that he was like... Be his, there were 16 shows? producers behind the camera watching him pee into a snake skin. This is the second time today I've had the thought about someone else's pee.
1: Should we ask Are you about share, the first? Yeah,
2: what's the, <laughs> I was waiting for there? you to
0: ask. I thought you would never ask. <laughs> It's a good we were prompt. At breakfast and Laura's <laughs> sister was talking about taking vitamin B and the first thought I think of, the second someone says vitamin B is their pee. So
2: neon neon yellow.
0: Exactly. And she was she, it had nothing to do with pee, but from the moment she said vitamin B, I didn't hear anything other than my pee is bright and smells.
1: That is distracting. It's a distracting thought.
0: It was super distracting. Um my breakfast started smelling different. I almost <laughs> yeah. had to leave.
1: Well, you're having breakfast, too. There should be a rule. Don't talk about vitamin B12. B12? Yeah. B2. Um, it B2. wasn't
0: specified. It was just B. No, it's B2. We were, talking two. About, <laughs> we were talking about the myth that by by taking vitamin B, you avoid mosquito bites.
2: That's absolutely not true. Mosquitoes love me, and I've been taking vitamin B 2 and 12 for at least a few weeks.
0: She has been taking vitamin B also, and all the mosquitoes were just swarming her. There was no mosquitoes on anyone else except her. So oh, maybe so the theory the is that it is loves just you? backwards. Okay, Sorry? okay, yeah.
2: The theory is that. Maybe
0: it's just they're attracted to be because you're neon, you're bright inside and they can see you glowing.
2: <laughs> they can see you better and probably smell you better also due to the smell.
0: Yeah, so someone just made a sick joke the person who created vitamin B. God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, story time is over. Okay. I want okay. to welcome Alex officially. To the Inspiring Neighbors podcast.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Your feedback after the first episode, in particular, was very instrumental to me thinking we may actually be able to do this thing.
0: Yes, I agree. <laughs> Angela and I were both ready to throw in the towel.
1: What? Why? Why?
2: Um,
0: we're too hard to. What's the word? Please ourselves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew you're going there.
0: <laughs> we struggle to be enough.
1: Right. yourself to be be
0: enough
1: but i think that
0: yes we
1: overthink but what i i'm glad to have you here for is because as i mentioned in my episode uh how much i look up to you and how much i you are a mystery to me have always been about the way you think and 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 it's scary like to hear you like your plan make your plans it's like i am learning to be more confident about your plans (laughs) throughout my life (laughs) because (laughs) because you just keep being able to do stuff that you plan out even when all the evidence would say like tell me that that's a you know it's kind of a pipe dream or not something that's realistic or it's kind of something risky uh i you you make it happen and so i'm learning to be confident about you, <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> um, and so I think that what I, I was uh, talking with Trevor about is it, like, you just, you act as if there's nothing you can't do. You kind of have an idea. That's how it looks. You know, you have an idea and then you just make it happen without really getting too bothered about the possibility of it. Um, and I think one, one of the things uh, recently we're thinking is like the your recent trip. So first (laughs) can you walk through the itinerary of your recent trip uh the last month or two like like you came here you started by coming here yes to visit but it wasn't even to visit because that was a secondary purpose so well
2: what happened was I accidentally not double booked myself but booked myself kind of close to my other social calendar events um My friends from university and I planned a big reunion at the end of May because we hadn't seen each other in six years. And it was like, it's time. Um, So we're like, let's do like a girls weekend in British Columbia. And it was like, amazing, like going to book these dates on my calendar. And then I realized that I had already bought tickets to a music festival in Spain that was like, basically the weekend after that. And so I was like, what? I'm not going to go to Canada and then come back to LA and then go to Spain. Like, that feels dumb. So I went to Canada and, um, oh, when I was planning it, my friend from Paris was like, oh, I might be going to Paris at the beginning of June. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be in Europe in the beginning of June too. Like, I'll just meet you there and we can hang out before I go to Spain. Um, she ended up having to change her plans, but I was like, I'll have a good time either way. So I did. Uh, Canada, and then I went to Paris for a few days, and then I went to Spain uh, for a couple of weeks with one of my best friends here, and then um, I was back for two weeks. Well, here's the thing: <laughs> before this happened, um, my one of my I heard that one of my cousins was going to be in France in the summer, and so I was like, "Oh, maybe we're going to be there at the same time." And it turns out she's going to be there much later, and she lives in New York with her family. And so I was like, "Oh, maybe I can." house it for them while they're away and so i pitched it to her and she was like yes of course like you're more than welcome like come stay uh, we're going to be gone for this many days and so i was like okay great so i just ended up being that i went to canada and then to europe and then i was here for a couple of weeks and then i went to new york for a couple of weeks and i got back on friday
0: oh my god and- so
1: doesn't that sound like that would be like brad pitt's itinerary
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, oh, I just flew to New York for a few days. I had someone to meet and I flew back. And then while in New York, I was just in Paris. I was meeting a friend. Like literally
1: I went to Paris for the weekend. I mean, I know people who live in like England can do that, (laughs) but
2: it just it it ended up from (laughs) LA. It just ended up working out because like I had a place to stay in Canada, I had a place to stay in Paris. Um I was splitting hotels in um new york and sorry not new york in uh, spain and i had a place to stay in new york and that's like a huge part of the expense like plane tickets peak at a certain price and if you can can swing it when it happens and like you know um you just have to worry about like food and transportation so but that's
1: i'm glad you said like the that it just worked out because similar stuff happened even through the pandemic when you were traveling like crazy and i was I don't remember the specifics, but I was telling Trevor and Laura about one of your trips and I said, oh, and it was this amazing coincidence that like her boss had a place they could stay or something like that. Somebody, some friend of a friend had a place and it was Trevor who said, but you have to ask yourself, is it really a coincidence or is she making these things happen? And I was like, "Whoa!" and now I hear it a lot more when like all these coincidences just seem to happen to you that like things just become Available at the right time.
0: Yeah, it almost feels like Alex <laughs> could decide next month I'm going to Austria, and then she'd find a friend <laughs> that lives in Austria.
2: <laughs> uh, no. I mean, yes and no. I uh wanted to have a really fun summer. There are th- a, lot, a lot of these things, mo- most of the trip was planned. You know, a year or more in advance or at least like six months in advance, you know, like quite quite a while. So like Spain, I knew that I was gonna be there at that time. I didn't know for how long, but I knew I was gonna be at a festival there. And then I knew that I was gonna be um, at my, you know, with my friends in Canada for a weekend. And then the New York thing just kind of happened. <laughs> um, and it also ended up being that like, while I was in New York, we had some work in New York for my job. And I ended up working a ton while I was there. Um, and it was really good because then I got to meet people, um, for a project that we're going to do now. And, um, I just had to call them today and it went really well. So it ended up being actually a super productive, like very, um, beneficial trip. And that was really good. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to call it luck. Um, I would call there, there's work involved. Like there is like, you know, a lot, I plan all the things and I talk to a lot of people, <laughs> And, um, mostly I just, um, I just do what, what I was wanting to do. And why wouldn't it work out? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Bingo. (laughs) And therein lies the truth of Alex. Why wouldn't it work out?
2: Well, you know, it's, it's not something that always, um, makes me feel really sure about myself. Like, I want a lot of things. Like I want things all the time. Like I I want everything, you know, but um, sometimes I'm like, of course, like it it makes all sense that I should get it. Why wouldn't I get it? Like it's worked out so far. And like, you know, everything is very achievable that I'm thinking of. So like, why wouldn't it, why wouldn't it happen? But then there's other days where I'm like, Oh, I can't, I don't know anything. Like I can't do anything. (laughs) Like All these things are like way too crazy for me to think about. There's just like no way. Like I have to start thinking of like more practical things and, you know, more, um, safe, safe things to, to do, and um, both days exist. Just every day I'm like, okay, so far it's worked out, but like one day it might not.
0: <laughs> Have you ever had the thought that while you're thinking that, oh, this isn't working out, all that other crap you just mentioned that you just say it is going to work out, like why wouldn't it? If you had that thought about everything, then would things be easier?
2: Um, I mean, that's the thing, like it hasn't not worked out yet. Even when uh-huh. things have gone kind of sideways or wrong or maybe, like, were disappointing or whatever, it was like, okay, that's still a really good, you know, thing to have happened and I'm glad that it went that way. And, like, most, most importantly, it's, like, something that I chose to do so I can't really have any regrets about it. Like, I, I have to do it because I want to do it um, or I, I feel really bad in it. that makes any sense. So like, even if I do it and it doesn't work out, I'm like, oh, thank God I did it. Like, what else was I going to do? Not do it? (laughs) At least now I know.
0: (laughs) I feel like what you just said defined Angela's uh, point that she was trying to make. Like, even when things don't work out, they still work out great.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they don't work out great, but I learned something or like, you know, I had an experience that was very valuable or You know, I know better for next time. um, Or I I got myself into the trouble, you know, so it's okay.
0: And were you just born with this knowledge? (laughs) This like amazing, beautiful mind? (laughs)
1: That's exactly where I was going to go. And I was there when she was born. So (laughs) I have my own opinion. What do you think, Alex? Well, I want to hear your opinion. I just, from an observant point of view, I don't remember a time when you didn't do what you wanted to do. Most of the time, like I think... Our parents would say you were a very good girl growing up. You didn't cause trouble and you, you know, you did your homework kind of thing. You were very, uh, that's just because you wanted to be. Like there was times where, uh, you're not, um, like, like I remember, mom said, "I was like, before you tweeze your eyebrows, like make sure we like tell me, and we'll go to, like to a professional and get them shaped and and all." Like this is expectation of like this is the guideline, but you just like did it because you're like, no, I just wanted to do it one day. I didn't,
2: <laughs> I didn't want to wait. So but the thing is, like, what the things that I want to do, they're very reasonable, and like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they'll work out. <laughs> and it sounds like I'm confident. That, like, oh, I'm not gonna do something unless I'm like, yeah. I can win this game. Do you know what I mean? Um, but obviously, as I get older, like those kinds of things that I want to do are are more high risk, and they're bigger goals, and they're, there's less of a pathway to do it, and they take longer, and you know, it's more complicated. So there's a lot more fear involved, and a lot more like, oh my god, can I actually do this? <laughs> but uh, what else am I gonna do? <laughs> but
1: but okay, now t- tell tell me tell us your take from like childhood days. How how did you? discover this about yourself or develop this about yourself? Or how would you put it?
2: Um, A lot of times when I would do something, let's say without permission, it was because I was like, why would I need permission for this? (laughs) This is fine. (laughs) There's nothing wrong about what I'm doing and it's going to work out. So I'm going to do it and then let them know that it's been done. And to me, you, that still sounds reasonable.
0: <laughs> but you always knew it was going to work out. There was what? never a part of you thinking, oh, this could go sideways.
1: <laughs> the thing is, there like, might be a I, reason why. Because the
0: really, other 99.9% of the world thinks that.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: No, no, <laughs> Too no, validated.
2: No. Because the thing is, I'm like, okay, so like, I want this, right? If I want x i'll take steps one two and three and then x will happen and then the outcome will be that to me it looks good sounds good i'm gonna do it um and that's it mm-hmm. like it's that's like it. the self check is all you need yeah if i it feel means. in my body that like this is something i want to do and that it could really work out and you know um i feel inspired to do it i don't see anything wrong with it um, yeah, why would I be like, oh, can I do this? Is it okay if I do this? Be like, there's nothing wrong with what I want to do.
0: <laughs> because that would be human.
2: Well, I'm human. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't
0: know. I think that's what we're questioning. <laughs> so, okay, here's an example. You, you say everything you've done, it just seems reasonable and like straightforward. And you can see the steps. Can you see the steps in every decision you make? And the example I'm thinking of is you moving to L.A. And taking on, like, this giant career, I don't know, to me it seems like this giant wall I can't see the top of.
2: Yeah, to me too. Um, there's something someone said to me once that has really stuck with me because I was never able to put words to it. Well, I couldn't put words to it until she did. But she described uh, as coming to L.A. and kind of trying to, you know, make it here as, like, you need to have a goal but not a plan. Because the plan will change. The things that you think are going to happen are going to be different. They're going to keep changing. You're going to have to like pivot all the time, but you have to know what your goal is. And that's kind of how it's been the whole time here. And it's been very, very like, it's been a lot of anxiety. And there's been a lot of like, you know, um, uh, not moments where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. But moments where it was like, okay what else am I going to have to do to make this happen? (laughs) Like like, it it just times where it's like, this is the, the situation is temporary. Like I'm going to do this, I don't know, whatever shitty job, this like, um, um, put this on hold or spend, spend more money here than there just to like kind of keep going. Um, so it's been a lot of really hard work, but it's like, again, it's, it's still what inspires me the most, like the goals that I have here to make happen. And like, once I complete those goals, like I'll drop the mic and I'll do something else, but I don't know what that is yet.
0: <laughs> and you don't need to know, which is cool. Another cool aspect of you. Cause Cause there's I so much I want to wanna know.
2: do. It'll happen. I'll find out at some point.
0: It's so interesting. Like people spend half their lives studying this stuff, trying to learn it. And like that advice your friend gave you, That's like a two-year course for most people. (laughs) (laughs) Just set the goal. Stop worrying about the way to get there. Like, don't even think about how you're gonna do it. Just set the goal, and shoot for the goal. And you're gonna wind and turn and stuff on the way, but you'll get there. And you have like this. I feel you have this like knowing. You have so much faith.
1: Sometimes you, it, it can sound. The way Trevor and I are amazed why <laughs> they start talking about it this way. It can sound like like a magic thing, like a magic wand that you wave and things happen. But I like I, I'll give you space to talk about. It. Like th- there is a lot of hard work. Like the the t- there's times that you've worked way harder than I ever have. That kind of powers you somehow, but it's the, it
2: doesn't mean that it's easy. It's not easy, but it's doable because I'm choosing to do it. If someone was telling me, like, this is what you have to do, like, you have to do all these things um, for something that someone else is choosing for you, then I'd be like, no, why would I, I don't want to do that. (laughs) It's something that has changed so much since I tried to attempt it. Like, I didn't have a plan when I came out here. I was supposed to do, like, a nine-month, like, certificate program at the university and then, like, figure out what I want to do from there. And I just kept finding a way to stay. And I kept finding out more about what I wanted to do. And the things that I wanted for myself out of this life, out of like this life in LA and out of my career have changed so much um, that, you know, the goal has kept evolving into something that's a bit clearer and more um, true to, you know, who I am now in the moment. Um, But it took a lot of like, Trying different things and like choosing a path to then change it again, but you know, all again, like I, I chose that path, and the things that I learned are very valuable. So, um, using it towards the new goal was kind of how it turned out. Am I rambling? Does it make
0: sense? No, it's just it's just all working out, which is, I think, I feel like that's the topic of discussion for this yeah. next two hours. Yeah. is it. Just I have so I have a friend you've met. Him, I think, Issa, mm-hmm. He's at our wedding. He's my best man. The exact same stuff. Like, I can think of two people in my life that just do this naturally. You're one of them, and the other one is Issa. And I always used to tell him he had a horseshoe in his ass because, like, <laughs> he just runs into the right people every day. Yeah, he's now moving from L.A. to San Diego, and these things, they're just so easy for him. And he's, like, texting me, like, you got to move down to San Diego. Like, yeah, but I got to do, like, a hundred things to get there. And that's not even going to start my process for a visa. <laughs> and he's, like, why are you worried about that? Like, just, just get in your car and drive here.
2: I mean, I mean, okay, to be clear, I worry about everything. I worry about everything all the time. But it's it's – that's something that's kind of newer. Like as I get older, I have more fears and I have less of like a one, why wouldn't it work out mentality? Because like you've been through so much shit and like, you know, um, you've learned the way people can be and just like how things can go wrong. And you're like, oh my God, so much could go wrong, right? When you're a kid, you can just, you can jump off the thing and you're like, I don't know if I'll get hurt. <laughs> but as a adult, yeah. you're like, no, I have I have health insurance and this covers like a broken arm, but it won't cover a broken leg. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just yeah. more things to worry about. Um, so I do worry all the time. But in a similar way, of like I have no it feels like I have no choice but to worry because I see things in a reality. I also have no choice but to like keep doing it because I I like the the op like not the opposite, but the alternative of like, I don't know. Doing something that feels more practical or safer or whatever makes me so unhappy just like thinking about it. That is like this. I can't do that. Maybe at one point in my life, I will be way more drawn to that option. But like until then, I have to keep trying to do the thing that feels, you know, more fulfilling.
0: I feel like so I've talked about alignment with the stuff I do in previous episodes. I feel like you've just always been aligned and you, you, you're always so crystal clear on what makes you vibrate high and what makes you like not feel good at all. And you're so good at following the, the alignment path, I'll call it. Has it always been like that?
2: Well, I've never, I've never thought about that way. (laughs) Like it's hard to, it's hard to think about it from, you know, um, I guess an outside point of view. Um, I maybe Angela can speak it to it better because she's kind of been there, and I have just simply been. I've been um,
1: observing this one for a while. <laughs> uh, it's let okay me say, like, like I think one of the I I told the story uh, as well about like your newspaper saga. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're joining the university newspaper, and I don't know if you want to fill in anything that I got wrong on that one and any more details. But that, that, I think that that time. The university time is where, even though actually we're going to the same school and at some point living together, that's where I can come up with the least stories of you stepping out to do something that wasn't so like radical to me. Man, uh, I don't know if I just like, you know, I have a bad memory or or if how you see that time in your life and like, like you choosing to do an international business. Uh, degree like how 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 did that feel at the time and how does it feel looking back
2: I was so not about what I was studying I really really did not like the faculty I didn't like the classes it was so boring and it felt like school school like it didn't feel like something that I uh, was energized by or you know Um, Look forward to I just I wasn't getting anything out of it except a piece of paper. And to be fair, that piece of paper got me like the kind of visas that I needed to be here. So that's fine. Like I I look back and I'm like, good, I'm glad I did it. I don't remember or care about my university time as a student, (laughs) but it did get me better pieces of paper uh, down the road. And, um, you know, I did like a Russian minor. And those are my absolute favorite classes. Like I loved going to all my Russian classes, the language ones, the literature ones, the like, culture ones. Um, They were the highlight of my time there for sure. Um, And yeah, I I was really, really, really bored, like through all of university. And like, I struggled with some of the classes and they didn't feel good. And I didn't want to do better because I didn't really care about it. So it was like really um, – I don't regret it um, because I, there there was no option uh, that I could – that I had basically that seemed better or that was more fitting for me. That also seemed like something practical that like, you know, um, I also thought about as like my parents are helping me get this degree. Like they're paying for my university. I wanted to feel like it's something worthwhile and it's something that will – benefit me in a career or you know instability or whatever um and that kind of seemed like the only one and i was supposed to be doing it to eventually go to law school like i always wanted to be a lawyer and i like planned to be a lawyer and all these things it was just like something that was kind of in you know discussed since i was really little and i was like on board and then i didn't get into the law schools that i wanted to get to um, and like my LSAT scores weren't great. My grades were fine, but they're pretty average. Cause again, like I wasn't super into school. Um, so I had like, you know, my big quarter life crisis post-graduation where I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> like I'm applying to all these random business jobs. International business is not an industry. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like barely a specialization. Um, you know, so that was rough. And I just like, I... I was, that was, I think that's the only time probably in my life where I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't know, like, what's next. Um, and that that kind of was a jumping off point for like, um, living on the edge of the abyss, uh, so to speak, like not really knowing what's gonna happen next. I'm way more comfortable with it now. Um, because it's been that way since I moved out here. But it's, uh, it, it was the first time that happened really. And it was like, really scary. <laughs>
0: I think, like, just if I had come out of university and thought, oh, that sucked. (laughs) And I laughed because I did. Like, I did come (laughs) out of university saying, well, that wasn't very much fun. and But I better apply for a job. I better go do what I studied for the last four years. And I went into the job, and guess what? I haven't loved a day of it in the last ten years, I don't think. Because I just like, I just kept following what I was supposed to do. And I, I like, I sit in awe of you coming out and of university thinking, well, that wasn't exactly what I wanted. So I'm not going to do it.
2: Well, I have to, I have to um, give my parents a lot of credit here, obviously, because they were there with me sitting in the living room when I was having this career life crisis. And I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And they were like, well, okay, like, what did you want to do in law? And I was like, well, I thought about going into like entertainment law, because that's kind of an industry that I'm very passionate about. And I was like, okay, well, like, let's see what you can do in entertainment. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is it? And she found the program at UCLA that I eventually went to. And like, they supported me financially for the first couple years I was here, which is basically a a huge necessity. If you want to be in this industry, (laughs) like you need someone to be paying your bills for a while, um, and they did that, and they never really understood like what I was doing or what the goal was, but they were like, okay, like how can we help? Like, what do you need? I have, do you wanna do more school? And I was like, no, more school absolutely is not gonna help me in this in this situation. <laughs> um, but you know, always all very, very, very supportive and um, not would not have been possible at all if they hadn't done that. Uh, I wouldn't have even thought about coming out here because once upon time, Angela and a few of her friends came to L.A. on, like, vacation. And I was like, oh, man, I could totally see myself living here. But the idea of actually coming here, like, wasn't mine and would not have been possible without, like, you know, my mom, especially. So uh, that I think that for both of us has been a huge um, a game changer in, like, how we choose what we're going to do and, like, how we do it and what's even possible. Because if you've met my parents, you know that they they're the ones that literally think anything is possible (laughs) because they're like yeah yeah let's just do this like let's just do that you know so if anything um yeah they're the reason I am like this especially maybe my dad
0: (laughs) very interesting
2: (laughs) I think I think too like like they, they
1: definitely are that is a very accurate description uh and I think though that the way they like there's also a certain trust that they have in you to be able to figure it out and again just like me they probably get proven right again and again and again. It's like they may not fully understand the goal. They may not fully understand how you make things happen. But there's a high level of trust that you will. I wouldn't say there's the same kind of level of trust (laughs) for me. Although when I had the same quarter-life crisis and I said, you know, I was meant to study chemical engineering because that's what my parents studied. And that's, that's like, I remember even the discussion was like, that's where their network is. So that's the kind of industry that they understand and they can help me navigate and they may be able to help me like get get a job because they know so many people, that's where they've been their whole lives. And I wanted to do software engineering, which they that was not in their world, right? They're like, I don't even really understand what that is. Like, why would you want to do that? Uh, and then the compromise that we reached was do both. Yeah, of <laughs> <And that's-
0: laughs> course. I was just going to say, somehow <laughs> ended up do both.
1: That's the exact example of like, I, I told them. So the school teacher told, told me I have to pick one. Oh, tell the school that you're going to do both. <laughs> <What>? Yeah, literally. <laughs> no. it, it's, it's like, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm like, please don't make me, please don't
2: make me ask for that. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna laugh at me <laughs> no, no no the other day yeah. Angela was recapping an idea that she had that she brought to my parents that was I'm sorry but a very dumb idea um about like having like like board game rentals in airports <laughs> a puzzle pu- putting puzzles puzzle. together in airports no,
1: puzzle versus an airport a great idea. okay let's 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 cut this out because it's a brilliant business idea and all right, I, I all all right. it.
2: but all right but hold on let me let me just on <laughs> yeah, the surface yeah. level like here's what happened okay and my parents the type of people were like if you bring them a thought or an idea they're never gonna be like, that's a stupid idea. And like, please talk about something else. They're like, all right, how do we make this idea work? All right, look, you're <laughs> gonna need this. And you're gonna have to change this whole thing. And like, you gotta bring in these kinds of people, like, look, people want this, like, they're gonna work, they're gonna workshop it with you. <laughs> if if they amazing. they just wanna, they wanna make it work, especially, you know, with us and they want us to like, everything that we wanna do, they wanna make it work. So um, if you bring something to the table, they'll be like, all right, how do I make this happen? <laughs>
0: So did they workshop the puzzle rentals?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We really turned it around. We've all been workshopping it. We've been we've been trading some notes and some emails and like, I think it's coming together.
0: I feel like in a year there's going to be puzzle rentals in every airport, every major airport across the world.
2: Yeah. There's some kinks to work out, but it's our next empire. The, the main problem is monetization, but that's fine. That's- what do you
0: mean? Fun. It's so It seems so simple to me. Solano puzzles. We're getting somewhere on this this topic chase. We're gonna bring Solano seniors into the call in the future <laughs> and dig into how they got there.
1: See where this all comes from.
0: So much support.
1: Yeah so uh, you you mentioned like coming out of school and uh, having studied for something and then doing that job, right like you studied so in some level you're prepared for it and now you get to do that job. I think the type of work that you've been doing since you got to LA, I don't know how much a certificate that you did in like the study there helped, but I think a mo- most of what you've done since is just figured out on the job kind of thing. And my question is like, how, how have you managed that? Has that been easy for you to just like be asked to do things that you've haven't been done before in a professional setting where you're getting paid to do it and then figuring it out and delivering it?
2: Um. Yeah. One of the reasons I didn't feel good about my degree in, after I graduated is because I didn't feel prepared to do anything. You know, the, 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 the business like degree, um, is not very practical. Like it, it is more of a degree that you're like, Oh, I went to business school so I can start as like someone's, you know, um, assistant on something, or I can start as a junior, whatever. Um, especially if you don't specialize in something like accounting or whatever, like it is, it's just very broad, especially my degree. Um, so, I already didn't feel prepared to do anything. And the certificate that I took here was very helpful and very practical in just kind of understanding the different areas of the industry. But for a film and TV, and I guess just entertainment in general, like you truly don't know anything until you've done something. So, somebody always has to take a chance on you when you haven't done anything yet. And for You know, here taking a chance means like you're grossly underpaid, you're like super overworked, you're like paying your dues. Hopefully, you're working under someone who wants to teach you and who wants to bring you up, um, but that's not always the case. And um, you have to get to know as many people as possible because who you know ends up being like the most important thing into like moving in your career or like changing in your career or whatever connections are everything and school definitely will not help you. If you've gone to like film school, nobody cares. Like probably they'll hate you. It'll be like, okay, (laughs) what have you made? Um, So weirdly, like being, being put into the fire and like, um, coming out the other side has been, it's kind of where I thrive, but I hate that. (laughs) Like I, you know, I do really well in it, but it's very stressful but I'm also so energized. Like I feel like I should be working in emergency rooms. Like I, I'm, it's like go time. There's a million problems. Nobody else wants to deal with them. Like I'll deal with them. I got this. Like it's gotta get done. Like you got to finish the thing, you know, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Um, and it, it means that now I'm able to do a lot and I can speak to a lot of things that I've done, but because all my positions have been really, really, um, jack-of-all-trades, I don't feel specialized, and that bothers me sometimes. Uh, And I'm trying to – I'm learning now to not let it bother me so much and to use it as an advantage. Um, But it's hard to sell yourself on, like, oh, I know a little bit of everything, you know, because people want to work with someone who's really, really good at one thing. And it's like, do they? (laughs) There is definitely space for me and the type of, like – learner and like worker that I am but it's not what's I think the norm when you go out and you like pitch yourself so now I'm at the stage where I'm like okay I have a good amount of experience under my belt and because I had to learn things very quickly having worked in small companies and have to and had to take on a lot of responsibility also very quickly um, not everyone ha- has some of the skills that I have because I'm still, relatively young. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's now come to a point where I'm like, okay, I have to figure out how to package myself, um, and turn this kind of, you know, seemingly messy set of skills and experience into something that's more, um, obviously beneficial to kind of any kind of project. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've really liked learning on the job and, um, it is something I have to keep reminding myself of like well you didn't know how to do this and then they asked you to do it, and then you figured it out you know because sometimes that also kind of comes creeping in like when I have the do I even know how to do anything days <laughs> it's like well you know probably you'll just figure it out
1: and I say you don't just figure it out like you do a really great job every time
2: uh, thank you I hope so But that also comes from our upbringing. Like, how can I not just do my best work? Like, you got to take pride in your work, man. You got to do your best. (laughs) You got to bring home that A+.
0: Can I... Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Um, Can I ask a question about being a younger sibling to Mm -hmm. someone like, say, Angela? Yeah. Did... Who, as she mentioned, completed two very complicated degrees in what? Six. Jesus. Six years. Two engineering degrees was there any pressure that you felt to like fill a certain size shoe? Uh,
2: no, I, it never felt like we've been in competition with each other ever. Um, mostly because we're so different and the things that we've succeeded in tend to be different. Um, and because obviously she's helped me at school my whole life. Like, <laughs> you know, she was my tutor. She checked my homework. Like, you know, it, it it was um, it was never. I never felt like I was uh, expected to do the the same things as her. And also because I think my parents treated us very differently in that respect. Like, I never felt like they expected the same things of us. It never really was clear what they expected of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it wasn't clear to them either.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think they they really knew. What they were just kind of like hoping it'd be good.
0: <laughs> I think that. They- but they just allowed it to happen. They didn't like kudos to them for not saying, well, you should try this. Go go they didn't say you should be a lawyer. You just kind of said being a lawyer would be sweet. They didn't say or did they? I'm seeing Angela shake. They really her
2: encouraged it. They were really on board with that idea.
0: But whose yeah. idea? Was I,
2: I, it?
1: But I don't think the like from my point of view, I don't think that the lawyer. I do think that the lawyer idea the lawyer idea probably came from them like they initiated it but it was I don't think it was in the sense of like that's a good job so you should be a lawyer so you can be like a respectable profession that earns money or something like I don't think that was I think it was always tied so strongly to Alex's strong personality like she was always from she there's that there's a double thing where Alex was always we always thought of her as little even doesn't matter how old. We still do. <laughs> she's still a baby to us. Uh doesn't matter how much she's accomplished or how independent she has shown us she is again and again. But um, she looks so like there's the side of like she's little, but there's also the very assertive nature that she's always had, where she's always like putting people in their place, even even if it's us, <laughs> especially when it's us from when she was little. And so I think it was a co- those comments were made in response to that personality trait where it was like, like she'd always want to like you to justify why you were making a decision that she didn't agree with. And she wanted to bring it up on the table and discuss it and, and, and have her arguments, you know? And so I think that's where the reaction of like, you're just going to be a
2: great lawyer <laughs> kind of came which is like not what lawyers do at all, but <laughs> it's, it's a good thing that I did not become a lawyer. I think I'd be really miserable.
0: That's so interesting. You mentioned competition. There wasn't any competition between you and your sister. I'm making assumptions now because I've never worked in LA, but I'm assuming there's a ton of competition in the work you do. Is that fair?
2: There is. Here's the thing. I'm a little bit concerned about that in terms of um, – I've always worked in companies where I'm the only person that's doing what I'm doing. There's no one that's Mm -hmm. really, um, there's no one on my team. Like I am the team uh, for what I do. So I just like, I can't imagine going into like a bigger setting and having to feel competitive with someone because I just can't carry that energy. Like, I'm going to do my work. I'm going to do it well. Like, if you're not doing your work, that's going to upset me. Like, <laughs> if you if you are not contributing, if you are piggybacking, like, if I can't trust you to do something, if you're unreliable, whatever. Like, that I care about. If someone's trying to be competitive with me, I literally don't even know how I'd handle it because it doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's not, I'm not competitive while it's like a game that I'm, I really like and playing recreationally, (laughs) then I'm really competitive. She's very competitive, (laughs) but I'll be a, but I'll be a good winner and a good loser. You know, like, I will make a big deal of it when I, when I, when I win inevitably.
0: So I once called you, uh, not too long ago about an idea I had and it's about like the docu series that we were going to make. And it was, like, it was pretty far out. And I felt like as I was talking to you, it was like, this could be so real. Like, I don't know why you, like, you would ask, you would tell me something about LA or like the industry um, of making a documentary. And then you would check in on me. Like, did I discourage you? Are you do you feel discouraged? Are you, I remember specifically asking that question maybe like five times throughout the call. As if like the competition can be discouraging, but don't let it get to you. It's kind of like the message I kept getting from Alex. Like, yeah, there's millions of shows out there and documentaries, but yours could be the good one.
2: Yeah, honestly, I feel wrong saying anything about the industry that's one side or the other because um, it is the toughest industry to succeed in not just because of the process of it, but because anyone can succeed in it. And so there's no barriers to entry almost like, uh, but there's also all the barriers to entry. Like it's extremely hard to get in. Um, and it's extremely hard to succeed, but like literally look at how many people have succeeded and look at how many, even if you've never heard of something, it could have a huge, like niche audience, you know, like people are making their own, their own stuff now and it's getting picked up. Like now it's at the point where, um, there's so much access to basically content creators and to making your own stuff and uh, distributors that everyone needs content. Everyone is watching content. Everyone's making content. So even the people who have been in the industry for a long time are like, I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> like what, where do we look? What do we buy? Like who's good? Who's good to talk to? Who's not good to talk to um, everyone's just trying to kind of capitalize on what's, you know, profitable right now or what is trendy right now and it's turning out with some you know less than good like things um things that are too trendy that are you know casting like tiktokers and you know people who don't really have a place in mass media um, but they have a good place in social media that kind of stuff is it's not going to last very long as in like it's not memorable and you know the things that we used to watch growing up and the things that we still talk about, like it's not going to be that. So um, it's hard to say what can or can't happen. in the industry because crazier things have happened, <laughs> you know, to other people. So um, my advice to you, which I, I hope you, you still, you know, want to do and follow through is to um, go back to kind of like, you know, making stuff with Tommy uh, for YouTube, like figure out your voice, like make stuff on your terms, because that's the other thing is like when um, you're talking about entering the industry. Anyone is talking about the entering the industry who has a kind of an outside perspective of it. There's so much involved, so much involved in being part of it that if you aren't familiar with how it works, um, it's going to be very, very hard to succeed. And it's going to be very, very hard for people to want to work with you because you're so green that it's, um, they're, it's basically setting you up to fail, right? Like any kind of like, huge success that's immediate people don't don't have like the right guidance to get through it it's just not going to last very long um it's actually a really big problem for bringing up more diversity in the industry because uh women people of color like traditionally have not had a lot of support in really any industry but definitely in this one so you know they're putting um minorities in really high positions very quickly to show that like they care about diversity and they're putting a new voice on there. But like, let's say you're hired to be a showrunner, you know, for someone who leads a TV show in the writer's room and as a producer, and you've never done that before, you suddenly are in charge of a machine with a million buttons and no instruction manual and it's sink or swim and if you sink then that's going to be on your entire community <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: um so yeah anyway that's i kind of you know went off on a tangent there but there's to say that the industry is very big it's very unpredictable anything can happen
0: yeah because i f- i feel like um even just with a podcast like i wanted to start a podcast and then i think the next day i heard someone say there's two million podcasts out there it's saturated It's saturated. It's saturated. We've maxed out the world has maxed out their podcast limit. You're outside the limit now. You
1: you missed the cut.
0: Exactly. And then that goes to your head. Like, how does that not go to your head? Thinking, well, Jesus, there's all and then I started doing math. I was like, okay, there's seven and a half billion people in the world, assuming they all have access to the internet and podcasts, which they don't divide that number by two, 2 million. Now I'm thinking like, okay, how, what's the max average listeners I can get dividing 7.5 billion by 2 million? And that's like how I'm trying to do the math. But it's so it's such a bonkers way of thinking if I look back on it because I should just be focusing on making a good podcast. And if people know that it's good, they're going to listen to it. They're going to whatever The other two million podcasts don't matter. And I feel like that's so obvious to you. And that was kind of the flavor of the conversation we had about the documentary idea that I had. It doesn't matter. Like so much bad shit gets made. Yours could be really good. So just Mm -hmm. focus on that.
2: And that's the thing. is like the type of ideas or the type of content where you yourself, if you're going to make it and you're like, this is so cool. This is going to be so much fun. I'm going to look back on it one day and be like, "Oh my god, remember when we did this? It's going to be a great time capsule. Like, I'm going to enjoy working on this so much because I'm so inspired by this idea." Then like, you know, you'll really like it, and probably people will also really like it who get to see it. Um if you're thinking about like how many people will I reach with this and how many people will listen to it and you get into kind of more the, you know, what do people want?
0: <laughs> yeah. <the laughs> you're analytics. going to end up with
2: a show on CBS and you just don't want that. Okay. is cbs bad <laughs> that sounds like a good
1: thing
0: and angela both looked like what sorry <laughs> <It> <laughs> must be an
1: industry joke <laughs> I don't know.
0: yeah i'm gonna delete everything I, cbs related i know from-
1: cbs so it must be <laughs> fancy
0: <laughs> but no i get it and that's that's exactly the attitude i'm i'm continuing on with this podcast even is that i'm gonna make something that i love And not worry about if other people like it or not. And there is like some days when I get caught up, like I'm checking the analytics and I send a screenshot to Angela, like, look, we reached 33 (laughs) listeners and one of them is in (laughs) Colombia. Like we're making headway now. But then I have to remind myself, you can't focus on that because it's so easy to get discouraged so fast. You have to just know what you want to do in your heart and you have to have a goal like you said and just go after it knowing that you're going to make something that you love and the world will take it or they won't and i think that is kind of out of your control what's in your control is making something that you love and that was kind of like a refreshing thing to hear you say during the couple conversations that we had about my crazy ideas
2: so much is out of your control you know it's like so much most things (laughs) (laughs) almost everything
0: (laughs) almost everything
2: but uh i'm a fan of making uh i guess tangible things things that you can you know um that come straight out of your brain that you can make it that you can look back on that you have as like something that you created and um i think that's the most fun part of all of it just you know being like oh i made this thing having a similar conversation
1: about about writing because richard's reading this latest i think it's the latest book from stephen king and he was like while reading it basically realized this is like a remake of frankenstein and then realized no it's not just a remake of frankenstein it's like a combination of frankenstein and some other book and some other like story and we're just reflecting on how weird that is that Stephen King, like the most famous and prolific of authors is like borrowing from stories that have been told and that doesn't feel wrong at all. That feels like obvious and great and and I guess the book was great. but as soon as I Angela think of an idea for like a story and then I think, oh no, but that's already been done. <laughs> so can't do that one again <laughs> it's 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 been written um and and like when you're a kid when i was a kid i think probably you travel till to travel too but when you wrote stories like it wasn't even a check that you went through it was just like i have an idea for a story i'm gonna write it like the concept of like oh i didn't even know it had been written before or not wasn't even a question it's like no just write it and and i think as you grow you get more of that like those weird checks that don't make any sense and that apparently successful people don't have those checks because they just do what they want to do so
0: they're yeah they're so good at putting their blinders on and just going with what they want to do i did that on my jingle i was thinking i hope there's no other jingles out there like this and i'm going to get sued for not like saying there's some third party uh, property rights on my podcast
2: i'm such a fan of the jingle
0: well oh, thank it's you it's very
2: catchy slice it. I was telling I Trevor, it was stuck in my head the other day. I was like, out around the kitchen, just like singing it to
0: myself. <laughs> Tommy just wanders around the house oh. humming it. I feel like for 99, again, 99% of the world has that on their first list, first item on their checklist. Has it been done before? If so, move on to the next idea. And the people that really do great things, like Angela said, they don't have that on their list even.
2: You just have to pretend you're the only person in the world <laughs> and that you're a genius.
0: i think that's going to be a quote on my wall yeah
2: just pretend you're the first original person you know
1: we talked about like you mentioned a family as a support system but i think and and obviously your own mindset is being a huge thing and probably it all plays together but i also know you have built for yourself a great family of friends uh i would call in in la so what do you, what do you think about like, what was the process like from moving to a city where you don't know anyone to building and fostering this kind of, I don't know, like network feels like a cold way of saying it because it's really, I think much deeper than
2: that. Um, I think a lot of it, a lot of things working out for me. I like to also give a lot of credit to timing. Um, I've, I've always ended up having really good timing and, um, in general. And when I moved here, I was really excited to just be like on my own. I was really excited to kind of like find the city and just kind of wander and felt really okay. Um, not knowing many, not knowing anyone at first, because um, I was like doing things by myself. And I was like, I'm going to be a person. <laughs> um, and uh, I ended up meeting people that really I really connected with and I think that's part of the thing that really draws me to LA is that the the way that I want to live my life the way that I want to achieve things and the way that um, uh, or the things that I feel ambitious about don't feel crazy here don't feel like you know I'm gonna get kind of some questions I'll be like you know saying the kind of ways that I think about things and they'll be like that totally makes sense here's also what I think and what I want. And it's all very big and very bright and like, um, you know, it seems like maybe it wouldn't work out, but we're going to try it anyway. <laughs> uh, so it, it has that vibe and it's, it's very nice. Um, and I just slowly but surely ended up kind of finding people that um, I, I mean, first of all, that were also usually immigrants that were new to the country and that were having their own immigration struggle um, and that's very bonding. It's also a huge, huge help in sense of like a community that uh, will, without question, like give you any answers you need, any support you need, um, anything they can do to help you through the immigration process. Like even if they're going through it themselves, like we're all fighting the good fight. Like we're all struggling to stay here. We're all struggling to make money. Um, so it's it's very a very quick way to build community because you're all kind of, you know, loving on the edge. (laughs) And so it's like, you know, oh my God, I need like an extra hundred bucks this week. Oh, well, come take a shift at my job. And it's like, oh my God, my lawyer is like really bad. Okay. Here's my lawyer. You know, he did immigration like this or whatever. Oh, how much did you pay for this? I paid this much, you know, I need a reference for this. Like we're all in the trenches and we're all trying to make it. And thankfully we, at this point, all of my friends are safely immigrated uh, here and like have some stability in their lives. Um, But Uh, If I hadn't gone to that school program, it would have been a lot harder to meet people. Um, But that school program was for people, you know, post post their education who were wanting to work in entertainment and most of them were immigrants. So, you know, meeting one and two key people there just kind of started something that has ended up being uh, definitely one of the best support systems ever and like something I could not live without here. And I don't think if I had found – if I hadn't found them um, so early on, I don't know if I would have stayed in L.A. that long because uh, it does change the whole the whole experience. And I've met many people who have lived here for a long time and been very, very lonely because it's a hard place to make good, genuine friends. Um, and it's another reason why I'm more drawn to immigrants than to people who are from here. But that's another story. And um, uh, it, it's definitely – like a uh, part of the lifestyle here that I've built that I do not take for granted.
0: Which is another, another example of you just attract you. You find ways to attract these people that are going to support you. I've had like plenty of ideas that I don't want to share with anyone. Cause I don't want them to be like, Oh, that's stupid. That's dumb. Like that's already done. Instead you've surrounded yourself with all these people that are pushing you and saying, yeah, you can do that. Like, here's a guy. And then you go to the next friend. Yeah, you should do that. Like, here's some ideas. Here's another guy you should call.
2: But how do you know that the people around you aren't that way if you don't share first?
0: You're right. It's a, it's completely on me. And I think that's what Angela and I are both trying to highlight is that you just, you're just you so good at thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And you say, like, your timing was great. You, you got lucky. I don't think you got lucky, and I don't think mm-hmm. your timing was great. I think you have the ability to attract these people to you and these great things to you. And then you're you're so clear that you can capitalize on the opportunities that arise that are gonna help push you towards that goal.
2: And I hope that's true because, you know, I'm still trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I would love to think I think, to I think Trevor has talked before about like uh, the
1: the philosophy of leaving everyone you'd leave with a sense of increase that I I think that's the word's use, and mm-hmm. and I think Alex, you you really do that. Like I, it's not like I think you have somehow, however, you have the right people around you, but you really give of yourself. Like you are so generous with everyone around you. Uh, I think, especially your close friendships, but you really uh, will go, will go out of your way so far to to help anyone in any way that you can find and and it makes sense that people will do that back to you like you're you're you foster that kind of relationship and that kind of closeness
2: see i had an epiphany about this recently and in a bad way (laughs) because i do tend to go 100 percent on things and um with people that i care about but Sometimes the people are not very good. And they will just keep taking and you're like, happy to give happy to give. And they're like, I'm just gonna keep taking that and then eventually get to a point where you're like, what about me? (laughs) And you're like, hold on, I feel so betrayed. How could you use me like this? Like, what's going on? And they're like, I don't understand. This is what we do. And whenever I had a falling out with someone, it's kind of been like that. And, uh, I'm always like, but I was perfect. (laughs) And it's like, no, I, I just was able to make someone feel really comfortable and not really kind of, uh, or just kind of assume that they would do the same back to me and they didn't do that. And, uh, you know, the people who I am really close and who stay in my life for a long time, um they're so generous with me too. They're all they like, I, I had a birthday party recently and like literally everyone in like helped me put it together in some way. I was asking some favors and they were like, absolutely, like, what do you need? You know, like it, it's it's very like ride or die here. <laughs> so um, I there's been quite a few times both in friendships and professionally and in relationships where I gave more than I should have for too long. Um, and it was really bad for me. And now, you know, now I'm finally at a point in my life where I'm like, oh, I have to just not do that. And <laughs> I have to like, make sure that there's a balance and, um, you know, I'm not just like depleting all my resources.
0: But I, I would say you're not going to just not do that. You're just going to do it with the people who are also bringing you up. Like, I'll just be you more cautious. Now know, yeah, you'll be more cautious And you're gonna surround yourself with people who also raise you up.
2: Yeah, and those are people who
0: stay. Exactly, and those are the people you're happy to give to. And you're not gonna, you're not gonna not give to anyone. You're just gonna pick up pretty quick if they're willing to, to um,
2: reciprocate.
0: Yeah, reciprocate. Yeah. And if they're not, then this is not someone you want in your life because they're not gonna help. They're not gonna encourage you either.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a problem when, you know, um, I think, I don't know if it's the way we grow up or I don't know, I think, Angela, I think you're similar, but it feels really good to be of service to someone and it feels good to be someone who can help and it feels good to bring a solution or, you know, to help make someone's day a little bit easier um, and it can keep feeling good and uh, that's a problem where it's like it, you're getting something from it until you realize that you're the only one who's doing it <laughs> so it's it really is gonna be yeah kind of just um monitoring more just having more awareness i think of what's happening and i'm sure it'll it'll be a mistake that happens again but um it's not something i feel terrible about because at the end of the day like the attentions are good and you know if i didn't catch it in time when it wasn't serving me then at least i caught it eventually um, I, will, I always catch it eventually <laughs> but i would like to catch it sooner
0: yeah And that makes sense. And in the end you're still giving Mm -hmm. good energy out and there's no harm in that.
2: Yeah. It's all, it's, it's all fixable or it's all, you know, learnable. Okay. So
1: rapid fire questions. Lightning round. Uh, what is a quote that inspires you and motivates you?
2: Um, Oh my God. I have to think of this quickly. Um, I probably know a
1: good answer. If it to doesn't, this. I, I think I want like the first thing that comes to mind.
2: Well, the first thing that came to mind was when the in the office when he wrote, "You miss 100 of the shots you don't take." Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, but that was just <laughs> to be funny. I don't, <laughs> that's, I don't it's just know if that's it's a good quote. I don't know if that's the one I want to say. Yeah.
0: Not only so, not only is that a great quote, but it also describes you.
1: Plus. <laughs> Plus, is funny, which Wayne is also Michael Michael appropriate
0: Scott, for us. <laughs> <laughs> completely agree. I think that was the great answer. That okay. was it's the, the first thing that right comes answer. to mind.
1: Okay, uh, next question. A book that has impacted you, the
2: way you think. Um, there's a book called Nothing, and every chapter, it talks about a different uh, version of nothing, nothingness, so, like, the number zero, or, like, placebos, or, like, a vacuum, like... Just, you know, different different ways to think about nothingness. It's really, really good.
0: Oh, wow. Laura will love that. It's, it's, it's a short read it and it's it like super How did it change do
2: what you think? Um, well, there's a whole part about basically space and how things came into being, um, come into being, how things move around, how things just pop, pop up out of nowhere in outer space. Just the randomness and the chaos. You know when you start getting existential and you're like, oh, nothing is real like this is really insignificant like i think having that perspective all the time really helps it's helped a lot these last few uh days when like the james webb telescope pictures have come out and it's just like oh here's a tiny picture that's millions and millions of galaxies you know what i mean like it, yeah it's just the perspective of, of infinity and nothingness and you know how small we are it's, it's always nice <laughs>
1: Personally I find it
2: terrifying, but I'm glad it's nice for you. It's both. It's both. It's nice and it's terrifying.
0: I like it in that it makes your mm-hmm. problems, in quotes, feel so little yeah. like yeah. insignificant. Yeah. You are insignificant.
2: Yeah, we're super insignificant. In every it's single like way. You're so insignificant <laughs> yeah. that you're fine. We almost Just- couldn't be more <laughs> insignificant. Like it's hard to be more insignificant. Than and that. that's a good
0: thing. Exactly. So chill. So just stop thinking chill. about yourself. I'm going to love that book. I already know it.
1: Okay, one more. Uh what is the coolest animal fact you've heard recently?
2: The coolest animal fact I've heard recently. Um You know what? I wrote it down. You know what? I remember it. Uh it was on the Obama um National Park series on Netflix. And uh, there's this point I was talking about, like sea turtles. Have you guys seen it? It's really good. So, sea turtles. It's tur- popped
0: up, but I haven't watched it.
2: It's really, really excellent. This uh, sea turtle eggs, um, the sex is determined by the temperature around the egg. And because of global warming, there's more and more and more, like, female sea turtles being born, like, almost all female. Uh... So, it's a really big problem because obviously you need the boys.
0: Yeah, obviously we have already too many females in the world.
2: Yeah, that's why. <laughs> just, just, the just kidding.
0: We'll cut that joke.
2: <laughs> I did. I did have more of it down. Hold on, I keep. I
0: bo- just, hold on, I happen to have a fun animal fact written down.
2: Please share. That's
0: it. That's no, no. I was just in, in, imitating. <laughs> oh, <you>. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> <okay>. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Once again, she thinks oh, that boy. this is how our
1: normal people operate.
2: <laughs> oh, geez. Um. Yeah, that was definitely the last one. Although I did see, I follow the Crap Brothers on Instagram, obviously, and. Um, mm-hmm. I had a little clip a while ago of an archer fish and they're just like these normal looking little fish that swim kind of close to the surface where there's like trees over the water and they see a, they see insects on the tree and they spit out, like they shoot out water and it hits the insect, it hits it into the water and they eat it. Jeez.
0: Oh my God. How cool Man. is that? I almost feel like if that... Very cool. If that yeah, can so they survive.
2: Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like pinpoint accurate precision. Jeez. Yeah, they have like the best aim and um, they hit their targets.
0: It's just they're born with a weapon, Mm -hmm. a gun, a water gun. (laughs) A little water gun. That's amazing. Any more, Angela?
2: I'm
1: good. On to you.
0: Okay, so I have two. One is not really a rapid fire question, but the one that is, who do you look up to right now? Who are you kind of using as a mentor?
2: I don't know if... This really counts because it's not like they're not really mentoring me but it's more like a reference point um and basically it's just my parents like my dad like uh, um because they, they do so many crazy things and they are so ambitious and they they try things that other people would not try that i'm like you know i'm their daughter so like probably i can also do things <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah
2: uh so yeah i'd say it's more of like a reference point
0: i love it i think that's a perfect answer and you use would you say you you use that reference when you're when you feel stuck like i can't do something or i can't go after this or this is too big for me is that kind of when you would use it
2: yeah it's just like a little bit of a motivator every once in a while where it's like um it's probably fine like i can probably it's probably i can pull this off they can pull that off i can pull this
0: off Wow. That's amazing. Okay. Um, my last question is you've done some work that's out there in the world. Where can people find this work that you're credited oh, I for? I hope they don't. <laughs> I hope they do. That's so humble of you.
2: Um, no, there's two things that I worked on. Um, they, they aren't fully mine, but I, I have worked on them. One of them is a motorsports show. Which I think is on Crackle now. It's called Motor Club.
0: Okay. If you
2: like motorsports, it's a good show for you. And the other one is called True Colors, um, which is more mine, but was a huge disaster to make. To make it, the product turned out good, but um, it still was a traumatic <laughs> production. Um, and that one is on Peacock, which is a streaming service in the U.S. by NBC
0: amazing I'm going to terrible name for a streamer
2: terrible name for a streamer better than quibi but better but worse than you know almost anything <laughs> else
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've not heard of any of these i've barely heard of crackle but i know of it because that's where uh jerry seinfeld's uh comedians in cars drinking coffee that's where it first
2: yeah was sort of started so you start on crackle oh, and now he's cool. on netflix he so was just like i want to do this cool thing with my friends
0: yeah, I have no doubt your motorsports one. What's it called again?
2: It's called Motor Club. Um, I think it's gone as far as it will, but it was really fun to work on. I learned a lot about motorsports um, and I got to go to some of the races and stuff.
0: Very cool. I'm going to go find it.
2: No, don't. <laughs> no, no, you should. You should. I think
0: cool. every, I encourage everybody to go find it. Let's see if we can get it on Netflix. It's cool. It's cool. If we can get all 35 of our listeners to watch it, I think we can push it on. Netflix. Oh,
2: that'd be nice. That would help my resume. Okay. I was gonna get I was gonna boost True
1: Colors, which was I haven't seen uh the Motocross show, but the True Colors was really cool to watch. Because it Motor was Club. uh <laughs> see, uh <laughs> Motor Club. But uh the True Colors is really cool uh project as a as a viewer who didn't have to suffer the trauma of creating it because it's like a highlighted uh, I guess different Hispanic celebrities and in ways that you don't normally see them talking about there their work and their life and so it was i guess in a similar vein of, of our little show here uh that's but true. with
2: yeah it big is big it is my, my biggest achievement to date professionally but it was, it was lovely to watch and yeah so people should find it thank you guys thanks for helping me plug my show
0: <laughs> that's why we got you on here oh my god it's a big it plug came to out be two on this years show. ago <laughs> who knows your career is gonna skyrocket <laughs> in three weeks in this episode no i could use the launches press. You're, you're amazing, Alex. We uh, we have been very excited to have you on here. Um, since basically the minute it popped into our heads as a real idea, we said Alex is going to be on here.
2: I'm so happy to have been able to do it. Thank you for inviting me. I feel so special.
0: You are. You're very inspirational. Uh, you're very just naturally gifted at at all these things that we just talked about. So we appreciate You letting us drill into your brains for a little bit. Bye, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Bye, guys.